Welcome to the Maris Review. I am so delighted to be joined today by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney. She is the author of the instant New York Times bestseller, The Nest, which is currently in development as a limited series by AMC Studios. She lives in Los Angeles with her family and her new novel is called Good Company. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, Maris. I'm so happy to be here. A fan of the podcast and Aww. the person. <laughs> Thank you. And and same, the writer and the, and the person. I, I One of the things that I love to talk to you about specifically is the difference between Los Angeles and New York. And so mm -hmm. I felt like the new novel really like expands on that and gave me a whole a whole worldview. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny because I thought when I started writing it, it was just going to be a Los Angeles book, and I just was like pulled back east. And um, and I I I guess I'm not done writing about um, the East Coast yet. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, you know. It's so complicated because there's there are two completely different places in every way possible, um, including the fact that Los Angeles isn't really a city, which everyone who lives here, when I say that, gets very defensive. And um, I mean, it's one of the things that makes it a very easy place to live. Uh, everyone has lots of room mm -hmm. and space, and you're not on top of people, but. Um, you know, and I live in a neighborhood where you can actually walk around, but it's not a friendly walking city. There right. aren't trees and shade and, um, you know, pretty much everywhere you go from my house is downhill. So when you're coming home, it's uphill. And, um, <laughs> and it's, you know, I just miss, I am a city girl and I miss being in a city um, well, being in a pre-pandemic city with public transportation and you can, mm -hmm. you know, walk, literally walk out your door and go to a museum or, you know, whatever. On the other hand, I love being in a place where people are nice, <laughs> and, like genuinely nice. <laughs> and, you know, I love being able to go outside all the time. I mean, it's been this past year, we have just been so lucky that we have never um, had to completely cut off social contact from our little tiny little pod because we can sit outside all year round, even if we're freezing, but we have patio heaters and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a lovely place to live. It's also, um, it's also really interesting in the sense that almost everyone here is from somewhere else. And and there is a real sense of possibility in this city um, that I that you would think exists in New York. That's kind of like the myth of New York. Like you can move to New York and do anything, um, but it's actually much harder than that, and has become increasingly harder. Yeah, it's that's not really the city it is anymore. It's like you can go there and do anything if you have a lot of money. Right. So right. <laughs> you don't have to scroll very far down your newsfeed to find a story about the restorative effects of collagen. It's all the rage, but it's way more than just hype. Get the very best collagen on the market from Ancient Nutrition. Ancient Nutrition has one goal, transform the health of every individual on the planet with history's most powerful superfoods. Whether you want to improve your body, sharpen your mind, or just feel like your best self, 
Ancient Nutrition makes supplements that get real results you can see and feel. All Ancient Nutrition products are made from the highest quality ingredients and are rigorously and repeatedly tested for purity. Their best-selling multi-collagen protein powder includes five types of collagen. It is the first and only collagen on the market with clinically studied ingredients proven to help reduce joint discomfort as early as day one, improve fine lines and wrinkles after four weeks, and transform your overall skin tone after eight weeks. It's unflavored and dissolves in any liquid, so put a scoop in your morning coffee, smoothie, or even baked goods. Proven formulas for real impact. That's what Ancient Nutrition is all about. And for you, nearest of you readers, right now, Ancient Nutrition is offering 20% off your first order when you go to ancientnutrition.com and enter the promo code MARIS at checkout. That's ancientnutrition.com. Enter promo code MARIS for 20% off your first order. One more time, ancientnutrition.com. Enter promo code MARIS at checkout. Now, back to the show. The Flora, the main character in the novel, it has just the, the right amount of nostalgia for all of the things that, um, that I think everyone is nostalgic for, especially post-pandemic. Like right, right. The the museums and the the theater and right. I know dinner parties and drinks with friends. I know all that stuff. Um, I was writing the end of the book at the beginning of the pandemic, and um, which was a strangely satisfying experience because mm. the world shut down and I was really able to just focus be in that book all of the time and but but also completely strange because I couldn't leave my house and and it was um you know writing the end of the book where everyone sort of added at this outdoor play was yes. very uh, there was a lot of longing there so <laughs> I, I get that. It, tell me in general about writing about theater people and all they entail. I love, this is such a good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was really hard because what I discovered immediately is that actors and actresses or just actors depend, people feel very strongly on both, yes. on both ends of the spectrum. So, um, people who are in the theater um, mm -hmm. are not very good about talking about what they do. And, you know, I took a lot of people out to lunch or dinner and I sort of thought um, they would love talking about working. And, 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 it, and it was funny, they, and I don't know if it's that thing where you don't want to look at it too hard sure. for fear of like thinking about what you're doing too much. And I was talking about this to my friend Jade Chang and she said, oh yeah. And you know, she used to be, um, she worked for a magazine here in Los Angeles where she would interview famous people. And she said, um, they're terrible talking about what they do but you have to talk to directors because directors can really speak to what happens, you know, in a performance. And so I did some of that but um, I also just did a ton of research. I read a lot of books, I listened to podcasts where actors talked about what they were doing. And um, it was fun. It was, it's something I love. And so it was, um, 
it was great for me to sort of build that world. It was a little nerve wracking. I really wanted to get it right. I had, you know, people read it after it was finished um, to catch all of the things I put in there where they were like, this would never happen. So, um, <laughs> and that was fun too. And, um, but it was, um, you know, I'm really interested in people who have to start over again all the time. And um, that is pretty true in any of the arts, but if you're a performer, um, the minute the show's over, you're right back at the starting line. Mm -hmm. And that is a very um, intense way to live your life. Absolutely. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get to dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 25 plus recipes to choose from each week, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. In my household, my husband is the one who makes dinner. I know I'm lucky. And um, it's such a joy to get HelloFresh delivered and have all of the ingredients measured out and ready to be cooked. Uh, our favorite is the pork chop with root vegetables and Brussels sprouts. It's delicious and it works really well for my low carb diet because I'm diabetic. Uh, so really something for everyone. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MarisReview12 and use code MarisReview12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash MarisReview12. Use code MarisReview12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. And I like the the little um, personality details that I think I related to because I, my husband, uh, pulls me into the comedy world quite a bit. And I know that you um, are the same. Yes. And that the idea that like, if you mention the name of a movie to a bunch of actors, they will right. start just spouting lines at each other. And they will like yes, have yes, memory yes. of all of the- That is, that is a very, that came from a very specific, um, my friend Adam O'Byrne, who is an actor, just talked about how, um, you know, when you get a bunch of theater people together, the minute you, name something they all start barking at each other and I was like do the women do that too or is it mostly the men and he was like oh good question like is mostly the men but um but yeah it's um yeah that was fun that's so funny because like I I never want to be like men are like this and women are like this but I do believe that men retain dialogue for movies better than women yes Totally, and like song lyrics and <laughs> like, they're just, you know, my husband organizes information on a timeline. So he always knows when something happened, the year it happened, like 
if he has an album he loves, he knows the order of the songs. And I'm always like, how do you, <laughs> like he'll, he's forever saying to me, what album's that from? I'm like, I have no idea what, like, unless it's an album that I literally listen to over and over and sure. over and over again. I just like, my brain doesn't organize information in that way. So some of it is just like how you learn and how you um, learn to retain things. But yeah, there <laughs> is, I mean, it, it's not always gendered, but um, yes. you know. Of course Sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not always gendered, but yeah, at that little distinction. And then of course, if you're talking to actors, then you also have to start thinking about art versus commerce and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the book goes into that quite deeply. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, um, one thing that was really interesting to me in moving to Los Angeles was being around, um, you know, like you, sort of my world of performers is rooted in comedy because of my husband, and um, and and seeing how we're all at an age, even though most of my friends out here are a little younger than me, we're still we're still middle age ish, and and listening to people talk about how to deal with the fact that maybe, you know, not everything is possible anymore. It's, it's just not. And, um, you know, I have friends who have really um, just sort of very logically looked at the situation and then like, well, I'm going to be on that procedural <laughs> for as, however long they'll pay me. Mm -hmm. because I don't know how much longer I'm going. It's almost like being an athlete, like, well, I'm going to take this big deal and I'm going to do it as long as I can. And I'm going to find like my artistic fulfillment and other ways that don't pay me enough to live, which right. is, I mean, that's probably what everyone's doing if you're making any kind of art. Um, and, and then the people who are really bitter about it, like really bitter about it. And I, I get both sides and it's um, I, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's not like, I mean, life isn't like this for anyone anymore where you just have a job and you have it for 40 years and you retire and you have, you know, I mean, that's not the world we're living in anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's, I don't, you know, that tug between art and commerce is always there. People judge you for it by the same, you know, by the same token, it's like, what do you, like, you have to think about the rest of your life. You have to think about the years that you might not be working, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, there's always that tension. There's always that tug. I mean, um, for me, I, I think that for a long time, I felt like the most interesting thing about me was that my husband had a really interesting job and, um, and it just felt like I, you know, I, I have always worked and when my kids were little, I worked less, but I always worked, but they were jobs taken out of necessity out of, you know, I wanted to be, because my husband had a job where he was never home. I wanted to be the available parent. So the jobs that I took were really defined by, can I take a few weeks off in the summer? Can I show up for the 10 AM 
you know, spring musical, you know, the spring concerts for some reason were always at like 10.30 a.m. where like <laughs> no working parent could ever attend. Um, and, and then, and then that stopped, like my kids got older and I didn't have to do that anymore. And it was a real fork in the road for me. Like, am I going to, I don't know, throw all my chips on the table and, and put myself out there? Or am I just going to sort of kind of continue as I have been? And I think that moving to Los Angeles, and like I said, seeing people who are constantly, who are always willing to take that risk, always willing to put themselves on the line, almost always failing, because that's just the nature right. of right. Uh, film and TV and theater. You get a, the tiny percentage of what um, I just thought like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Like what, you know, the worst thing that happens is it doesn't work. Like the worst thing that happens is it doesn't work. And it, that felt more high stakes to me when I was living in New York city, like trying and failing. And, and maybe it's because everyone can see what you're doing. In New York. I mean, that's, like, especially if you're writing a book, right? Like, or, or right. getting your MFA, like, there are just people literally on top of you. It feels yes. Like. Yeah. Watching your every move. And but I, every day, like every single day you bump into someone who'd be like, how's the book? <laughs> <laughs> and like, no one's watching me here. And so, or certainly they weren't when I first moved here. And so that felt like um, a nice little cushion for me to try something. And it's it one of the the a line that struck me um, in Good Company is that Flora and her husband Julian, who's this very charismatic man, both of them are actors, but Julian started this theater company called Good Company, hence the title. The people in the theater company would would give them a portmanteau, Florian. Yes, and Flora felt feels like she is an extension of Julian and that that, that right. she is not being recognized as her own person and right. I think that's that is certainly a hazard of being married to a very charismatic man yeah yeah and to someone who I mean I remember um you know my husband has worked for Conan O'Brien for a million years and um and um and I would go like to the dentist and the dentist would say to me so how's the show and I would be like I don't know you know I don't actually work on the show <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it felt very much um you know there were just people who were interested in me for my access to something mm -hmm. and and that was a very strange feeling and um, and debilitating after a while uh, to have your identity. I mean, that happens when you are married and, and that's fine, you know, that's fine. But, um, but after a while, um, yeah, it just, it just became tired. It became tiring. Um, it has, 
provided us with the most amazing life mm -hmm. and the most amazing experiences and the the best friends. And so it's like all of that is wonderful. I don't want to um, sound unappreciative, but there is just that 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 weirdness of being adjacent to people who are charismatic, who are maybe famous, who are um, well-known, who were just your friends 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny thing what that does to people, not just the people, you know, but um, the people who know you. Yeah. And I'm one of the central conflicts of the book is that Flora's best friend, Margot, um, has achieved this level of fame late, like a little right. bit later in life. Right. And how not only Margot deals with that, but how everyone who knows her and loves her has, has to deal with that. Right. Right. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a, it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing to, um, have a recognizable face. It is of course not an experience I've had, but I have been with people, um, who, um, you know, I, one of the people I talked to for this book um, was my friend Paget Brewster, um, who's a brilliant comic and has also spent many years on Criminal Minds. And um, so she had a lot of great stories to tell me, but I asked her once, um, when you're out in public, is it, and no one recognizes you, is that hard? And she's sort of like, reared back in her chair and, and, and said, Oh my God, like, like, like just contemplating the question was a little painful for her. And she, and she said, I, I, when I'm out with my husband's family and no one recognizes me, I feel bad. I feel like that's the currency I'm bringing to their lives, you know? And, and so that's, that's such a strange position to be in in life. Um, and then it's also strange to be, you know, I've been out with recognizable people for dinner with their kids and no one can get through a meal without someone coming over and saying, can I take a photo? Can I take a photo? You know, I mean, the, the advent of a camera in everyone's hand yeah. has really changed that uh, experience uh, a lot. And, um, you know, not for the better. 20 years ago, it was a whole different world. Yeah, it was. I mean, people who, you know, would approach you and want to maybe shake your hand or um, say something nice or, <laughs> or say something <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> like, oh, I've never seen your show, but I just wanted to introduce myself. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, now it's just like that constant surveillance. It makes, it has to make you paranoid. It's, uh, difficult. And in the book, of course, Margot is on a show called Cedar, which <laughs> it, it was really difficult for me to not just picture Meredith Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking of a few different shows, but definitely, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, I'm not a big Grey's Anatomy person. I watched like a few seasons early on and then I, um, I, I just stopped. And, um, and I, and when I was writing the book, I sort of tried to go back and I watched some just mm -hmm. for whatever, you know, 
And after a few, I was like, no, this is like, this is such a specific show with its own very specific style. And I want the, I want Cedar to actually be a little less interesting than Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> you know, a little more, I don't know, I won't name names, but no, there are many medical dramas. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Like yes. a stunning number of medical dramas. And then, of course, Margot's husband is an actual doctor. Right, right, yeah. The joke of that. Uh... Yeah, that was a fun day when I thought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just have ideas and you're like, oh, this is, I'm going to get some mileage out of it. I'm going to get some words out of this, so. But I, I do think if you take a step back and consider the larger kind of roles we play <laughs> mm -hmm. the book is very much about all of us being who we are on stage yeah I'm yeah and i think it's also i mean i really think you know there are all kinds of times in your life where you have to reevaluate mm -hmm. and um the older you get the sort of the more profound those reckonings are because the options are narrowing mm -hmm. it's different when you're 30 and you're going i don't like this job what do i think i might want to do you know mm -hmm. than when you're 50. Mm -hmm. and um and i think that the other thing the other kind of strange thing that happened to me when i started writing good company was a lot of my friends started getting divorced mm. and i guess it's not surprising because it was that um you know, it was a lot of people whose kids were leaving home. They were either in high school or they're about to leave home. And it's that moment when you sort of, a couple looks at themselves mm -hmm. and says like, what do we have here? And, you know, I am lucky that I am married to someone who, um, I mean, we made a pact very early on that we would um, not let our children sort of um, take primacy in the family relationship to the point where our relationship suffered. We always took trips alone. We, um, you know, I'm really lucky that my, my parents at the time that my kids were young, were very young, they would take them off, you know, for a week. Like we really made sure that when we reached that point, we were still a solid couple. Um, it's easy to let, to let the opposite happen. But it surprised me, it surprised me how many people, you know, some very dramatically and unhappily, and some just sort of with a sense of sadness and um, love said, well, we want something, we want a different life now. And it doesn't mean that we've failed at our marriage. It just means that this is the end of our marriage and now it's time for something else. And we have this great family. Um, but, you know, I talked to like I talked to a lot of friends about that and about, you know, just reaching a point in your life where your life is no longer sustaining you the way that you need it to to be happy. And and um, and and I think that the fact that that was kind of swirling around me definitely, you know, fed into the lives of these characters who are very much at that point in their lives where, um, you know, at a point your life just isn't all potential. It's your life. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is. And that doesn't mean surprising things can't happen, but you know, maybe they're not going to be, you sort of have to 
put aside some of those like youthful dreams, even though maybe they were insane to begin with. Like, like I said to my husband the other night, I guess I was like, I guess I'm never going to have a house on the ocean, huh? <laughs> and it was like, that was a ridiculous thing to think in the first place, but I'm pretty sure right now that that's never going to happen. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to be, not be like, I'm never going to have a house. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, yes. Back to New York. <laughs> yes. The, the whole back to New York. Like even the reading about um, Flora's earlier years in New York were just Boltons. <laughs> she yeah. got a blouse from Boltons because she was kind of poor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, those were my early years in New York. That is the only place I bought clothes. <laughs> Boltons or Lomans. Um, you know, I, um, I moved to New York City and lived in a one-bedroom apartment with two other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was, you know, my life for many, many, many years was just making ends meet. But you could do that in New York and you think to, to yourself, well, if I keep working really hard... I will be able to buy an apartment someday, or, um, or you know, maybe I'll be able to. When when um, when our kids were born, um, we lived in you know a very small apartment um, in a beautiful neighborhood in the far far west village. I, actually, it was on the West Side Highway, <laughs> um, and I remember thinking, and my husband was doing stand up then but also sort of saw the writing on the wall about how long stand-up would, um, you know, there was a while there where you could make a living just doing stand-up. There were so many comedy clubs in New York City. And so he had sort of started writing. And I thought, um, we have this amazing, we had a Mitchell Lama apartment um, in the West Village. We had an apartment in West Village houses. And I was like, we can stay here for the rest of our lives. And maybe get like a little house, you know, upstate somewhere where the kids will have like a patch of grass in the summer. And that was, I was like, that is going to be like, that was the life I wanted. All that mattered to me was that we could stay in the city. I really wanted my kids to grow up in the city. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think to people like us who were freelancing could do that now. No. You know, we bought an apartment. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. It, you know, it was, yeah. It, but it was, it makes me sad because that's what made the city so rich. And now here's hoping the outer boroughs will be, I mean, it's funny because Flora's from Bay Ridge. Right. Was always a, a place that she wanted to leave. And, right. And, and now it's kind of artsy. And like. Well, it's got to, it, that's inevitable, right? It's yeah. just like everything is going to creep out. So, yeah. But it, but it, but it does make me sad that, um, that young people, um, I mean, I'm saying this, but also I have a son who lives in New York. Um, you know, it's possible. It's just at a certain point, if you want certain things, it's very hard to stay in New York City. Yeah, I think that's that's true, and that's part part of the pleasure of the book is imagining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
what life could be like. Um, Cynthia, this has been so delightful to talk to you as always. Um, before we go, are there yes. books you'd like to recommend? Yes. So, um, well, I'm reading the Office of Historical Corrections right now, which is, um, of course, brilliant. And I'm sort of toggling back and forth between that and Souvenir Museum by Elizabeth McCracken, which comes out next month, mm -hmm. which is also brilliant. And it's really fun because they are, of course, two completely different short story writers. And I, um, I haven't... Um, I don't like to read short stories when I'm writing a book. It kind of messes with the mm -hmm. rhythm. So yeah. I've so I've been catching up and that's been um, a real joy. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Maris Review and check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.